Good evening, everybody. Hello. How are things, Greg? Other than the fact that America's going to hell, great. Yeah, I mean, there was no mass shootings today, so I guess that's... <sighs> 26 whole days between mass shootings. I thought uh, we were on a streak. Yeah, well, we were. It's <laughs> not a very good one. <laughs> um, 26 is good for, like, winning baseball games. Not good for days without killing no, a bunch of people. no. I tweeted. I don't know if you saw my tweet. I saw your one tweet about Season of America. That yeah, one? yeah. Season of America. Is Did you see my tweet? And was it... I got a tweet back from somebody saying, I don't think it came across the way you intended it. I never thought I'd look wistfully back at when cops only beat black people and cities only rioted in response. It was a more civilized time. I got... It's, it's a... It's Did I say a, civilized or a simpler time? Civilized. Oh, okay. Maybe. I meant simpler time. Mm-hmm. But it was supposed to be, it wasn't supposed to be all happy. It was supposed to have some edge to it. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, a sarcastic tweet. I I gathered that much. 2-4? No good? Okay? Passes? I I didn't see it as problematic, but maybe somebody didn't know you might. uh, This was at my place, and I don't really have use for it, so it's yours. Cool, thanks. I I know you have part of your... Part of my costume, yeah. Ooh, blinky red yeah. lights. Okay, cool. Thanks. I know you use it. You have uh, stuff where you look very closely, like you have a magnifying oh. glass hooked up, and yeah. that would be good. I mean, these yeah. are typically for camping, but I am not a fan of headlights because they shine in other people's faces right. often. So, but headlights. if you're yeah. if you're doing some little work like yeah, that, that would be very helpful. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely put in the toolbox. Um, how was your camping trip? Camping was really good. Um, we went to. Laurel Hill State Park, and it was in Laurel Highlands near mm-hmm. um, Hidden Valley. This is the Keller Vice. Okay, you've had it recently. Yeah, it's good enough. Good pre-show beer. Mm-hmm. I thought we were uh, going to do this in the pre-show, but I guess we're going to do this. In the no, we're going to do that in a train wreck in the main show. Uh, awesome. Uh what is this? It's near Hidden Valley. There's a. Oh, bun- we don't know if it's a train wreck, but yeah, it could be Pre- amazing. <laughs> Alleged train wreck. <laughs> um. It's near Hidden Valley. There's a bunch of state parks up there. And um, when we booked it a couple weeks ago, 4th of July weekend, the campground was like half empty. Like half those sites were available. Like, is there some reason that we shouldn't go here? But no, it was a really nice campground. Uh, Quiet. Lots of room. And uh, had a good time. Did some swimming, did some hiking, some biking. Uh, kids did a five, almost five and a half mile hike. It's their longest so far. So getting up there. Cool. And, and what was really funny is, so we did this hike on the backside of the lake and we got to the point where, well, reservoir and the, the you know, the dam was there and we, I wasn't sure when I got to this point, if we were going to be able to cross or have to keep going down the stream and, and add another almost two miles to the hike. And we really couldn't safely get across. So we walked to the end of the trail, which is away from our, the park. And right at the end of the trail was like a bed and breakfast. It was having a brunch buffet, like an outdoor brunch buffet. So we all stopped and had a great breakfast, a really good breakfast in the middle of the hike and then hiked back into camp. You've got a lot of energy then. It just doesn't, you know, you're hiking in the woods. You yeah. don't expect to have like a near gourmet brunch unless it's central park right then there's the yeah. they have the there's that right tavern right. on the green or something so like i mean that worked out really well it was uh stuffed french toast um 
the, the only what you had to be aware of is to not eat too much because then hiking on a really full stomach would be well it was mostly roads and paths back you know we were done doing yeah. the strenuous part of the hike but no i hear you but yeah that worked out really well cool cool um anything else Any uh no, no i mean nothing else about the camping trip there laurel highland or laurel hill state park check it out if you're looking for a place to go it's closer to town it's closer to home than a lot of the other parks that i like and um nice easy trip to get there this week i am um house sitting damien's house he's in hilton head so the whole week okay. i'll be uh, down to south point watching the dog and the cat and uh, so that'll be fun. We m- may be start maybe looking at a dog. Heather just found one posted, uh. <laughs> and it's it's um it's, looks like it's a good deal. It's kind of a dog that we want, you know, one of the kinds of dogs we wanted. It's Alaskan Malamute, and uh, the thing is, with our vacation coming up in a couple weeks. It's like not a good time to do that. So she's talking with the lady to see if, you know, can look at the dog, maybe put a deposit down and get it after vacation or something along those lines. But she just sent that message. Today. She's like, look at this dog. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's one of the dogs I would like to get. Am I ready for a dog? I don't know. I like dogs. I like not having a dog too you already have kids i mean yes but take your kids with you the dog is a you know six to eight hour yeah. time bomb of right. needing to poop true true that's why i mean that's why i have to be at yeah. the, the house um i don't know yeah so, so it, it, that's all you man she might not want to hold the dog you know we're not going to buy a dog and kennel him for 10 days right yeah so uh it might fall through and then it'll make the decision easy. But like if, if, like if things line up, it'll be like, Oh, I guess it's time to get a dog. Speaking of which, I don't think I'll be able to do the show next Saturday. It should be fine on Sunday or we can do it a Friday if you need to. If you want to okay. Do yeah, let me pull up the calendar here. Cause our vacation is starting the camp. The one, the Kelly's Island. Okay, today's the ninth. Yeah, we'll probably have to do it Friday. Okay. I think we might be leaving Sunday. Actually, the the, the best option... I'll check with Heather. We might be leaving Monday. The best option might be Thursday, now that okay. I think about it. can do that. So. Cool. Um, I did want to go over something with you. Okay. Uh, I wanted to do a little a little math with you. Just a little bit. Don't be scared. And that's more to people who are listening than you. But um, I did want to just show you, because we were talking about symmetries and stuff last time. I just want to show you a very simple example of how you can prove that symmetry, uh, that, that one certain symmetry is conserved. Simply want to go over uh, momentum in one dimension. Okay. Okay. Let's bring out my notes here so I can make sure I do it right. Momentum in one direction, one in one dimension. 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 So, yes. um, 
let's start with this. So let's start with you have this one some dimension. I need to move these out of the way so you can see my what I'm writing I can see. down. I got it. Right. So you I have could see better before you moved. Oh. <laughs> so we have some uh, some dimension. We'll call it D. Right, just some. Mm -hmm. This is some dimension D. Uh, and on this dimension, we're going to have some particle of mass M. Yes? Okay, yes. Fair enough so far. Uh, and that uh, particle has a velocity V. Yes. So far, it makes sense. Now, what we're going to assume is that that velocity is constant. And we're going to assume the mass is constant as well. And we're going to say that you are watching this particle move in the one in that one dimension? in that one in this one dimension okay and you start watching it from some origin we'll call this o mm -hmm. and you watch it go to point this point here right and we'll call this what you've watched we'll call this x as distance x if you were in a one-dimensional world could you determine distance Without having the other dimension. Well, we're we're looking at at an example of one dimension. You can then extrapolate out further okay. into the other dimensions. But this is just is just to simplify the math. All right. Okay. So you have some distance uh, x that's, that's been traveled by this particle, and so for you, when you're doing the momentum, momentum p, the momentum is mass times velocity, right? Mm-hmm. Mass times velocity. Now, velocity is where just don't be scared. But velocity is the first time derivative of position. Right. Its velocity is meters mm -hmm. per second or something along those lines. Right. So it's the amount of time it took, or or, or how the instantaneous change in in uh, in position based on over time. So that's your position, and we'll call this uh, P sub uh, zero because that's yours. Now imagine somebody else comes along, uh, and they start watching it, th this same thing. They come after you, so they have some other origin that they see it happen on. We'll call this origin O prime. And they okay. watch it to the same point over here, the same the same place you stop it, and we'll call this distance x prime. Okay. Fair enough. Simple. Mm -hmm. So their momentum from that they're looking at it would be m uh, d x prime over dt. Right? The derivative of their position, of their position over time. Yes. That's their momentum. Now, where we put these on this dimension, where we put these origins, is effectively arbitrary. But once they have been established, there is now a constant distance between these two origins as soon as they're established. The distance between these is some constant. We'll call it alpha. Okay. All right. Again, I want to make sure we recognize that alpha is a constant. 
So this means what is see your momentum here is dx dt is mass times the derivative the first mm -hmm. derivative uh, his is mass times his first derivative. What is x prime? X prime is equal to x minus this constant. Yes. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So what happens if we take the derivative of this? Well, the derivative of x prime over time is the derivative of x minus alpha and the derivative of any constant is going to be zero. Constants don't change. Okay. So this becomes x minus zero or x. So p zero. So this becomes the derivative of dx over dt. So your derivative equals dx dt. His derivative equals dx dt. They're the same. No matter where you're looking at, the momentum is the same. Oh, okay. Okay. That's it. Just wanted to show you that you can... That the math that explains... Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the saying that two observers can... Two like stationary observers to each other see the same momentum of a third... Parties. It's obvious. Yeah, obvious. But this is just the math to do it. Yeah. This is the. I just want to show you, like, this is how you would actually derive the solution by doing something like this. Right. And it's not that complicated. Uh, this particular example isn't. But this is essentially how. I just want to show you basically the the process to go through to be like to to very rigorously define why momentum is concerned. Right. Okie doke. I figured we would do that before we got a lot of alcohol. <laughs> Let's do it again when we're <laughs> after we do that Jeroboam of uh, three philosophers. And <laughs> so that's all I had for um, for math stuff. Very simple example, but mm -hmm. I thought it was uh, nice to just sort of see that written out. Yes. Cool. 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 Been um, almost done with Kimmy Schmidt. Spent the last week or so, you know, catching <laughs> catching a bunch of those. I like <laughs> Tina Fey's playing a great character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like her. Um... Daytime Angela, such a. Can you show it's a good show? Have you watched um, uh, Book of Mormon yet? No, yeah, no. So. I've watched the first few minutes just to get a feel for it, but I haven't got back to it. Yeah. I will. But Kimmy Schmidt was on there and pretty much caught up with everything else because it was slow, you know, no TV this week type thing. So yeah. put on Kimmy Schmidt and binge watched probably like four or five last night. And... This is, I guess, the time, right? Because, I mean, 
Other than Mr. Robot, what else is going to be out during the summer? I don't know. Do you still watch The Last Ship? I so we didn't talk about this. Uh, I am still watching Last Ship. Mm-hmm. The season premiere was pretty good, and they had kind of pivoted it on the whole thing, right? Because they've established a government in St. Louis. You know, center of the country at the time was D.C., so that's where mm-hmm. they put the government. Now the center of the country is, you know, Midwest, so it's in St. Louis. Makes sense. And it's they changed the intro graphics, and it's this East China versus United States thing with this growing blue and red ink thing that's whatnot. And it started out, the first, the, the writing, directing for the first episode was pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. But then, like, episode three was a real stinker. <laughs> really bad acting really telegraphing like clues like mm. you know adam baldwin's being interrogated and like they look over and see something and like gasp like like hey guys watch out this is a clue you know <laughs> and it's been off for a couple weeks now so i'm not sure when it's coming back but the the premiere was good i'm like oh it was almost like, you know, new life was breathed into it, but then it went downhill pretty quickly. We'll see if I keep watching it or not. Um, yeah, TV is just, it, it, it's, it's summertime. There's mm-hmm. a few things, but it's mostly... <laughs> American Ninja Warrior. Kids like to watch that. That's, I mean, sure, that that's, that's entertaining enough. It's not... Uh, special about it mm-hmm. i guess the olympics are coming up but i think i'm gonna miss most of the olympics you're gonna be on vacation Camping. yeah i, I mean I've, I've always found like i i found the winter olympics more interesting because the sports to me were more interesting in mm-hmm. the winter olympics uh and while i understand what they're doing with the way they uh cover it where they go into the athlete story and they have these little vignettes and the whole point is so you once you start to care about somebody it, mm-hmm. you, you identify and then you can root for them uh but i always found it maudlin i always found it like just uh overly uh melodramatic oh. and it so it always rubbed me the wrong way like especially the way they cut together and the music and all the other stuff and you're supposed to identify with all these problems of, and you're like well what about the you know the the, the the German athlete seems like they probably have just a good, as good a story and the <laughs> and uh, the athlete from Ghana probably has a really good story too and how come we're we're just concentrating on the Americans and I, to to be fair they they do do some stuff but then it's still very rah rah American yeah I mean they do cover generally they're going to be like the world I mean well most Olympians are world elite but I mean they yeah. like. Uh, Usain Bolt, right? Yeah. They sure covered him a lot last time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would like I, this. I, I like, I probably like the Winter Olympics more. But, you know, the last three or four Olympics, the coverage is, you know, maybe because my, um, you know, media is more on demand and, you know, what you want, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've, found the coverage more and more lacking. Yeah. You know, you can't, like, say you want, like, a biathlon. 
you know, the cross-country skiing and shooting sport, yeah. right? That's like watching a NASCAR race. You have to watch the whole thing. You have to get into it. You have to watch. And, you know, you need on TV, you need the announcers to show you how people are resurging or falling back and things like that. But, you know, the way they cover it, it's like they'll show a couple minutes, they'll cut yeah, to an hour yeah. later, and they'll show a couple minutes. And you can't get into the flow of that kind of race. You'd think that with with the internet now you, you should be able to cover all these events you should be able to see them they well they do they have a lot of stuff online but even then yeah i don't know even then it's because they can't have announcers for everything you know those ones are kind of just like webcams in the corner right, type right. stuff i mean they're real cameramen but you know you have to really be into fencing to understand what's going on when you're watching the fencing live stream you know Sure, because sure. if you don't have someone helping you figure out fencing, and that you know, and that and who knows fencing very well, because you get to see fencing once every four years. Well, I mean, you know? I what I assume is the case is that the fencing commentators, particularly if you're doing internet, are not exactly going to be the most expensive commentators. They're yeah. they're cheap. They might be going to see fireworks. Mm. Uh, so I mean, like you could get. Like, if there was a beer drinking competition, you could probably get us to do it for, like, a stipend. You could get us to do it for a small stipend <laughs> and pay for our hotel. So, why would you... Um, oh, sure. I'm not looking for Bob Costas to, to yeah. do everything. But, you know, for many of those, there's, like, no announcer. So, like, you have to... Mm-hmm. And for a sport like hockey, like, watching the Penguins through this playoffs, it would have been nice to have, like, a... SAP channel, which was just crowd noise because, mm. you know, the announcers, especially the color guys, were so annoying on the network. And if you're if you're a, f- a fencing, you know, Fanatic, guy, yeah. then you can watch that live stream and you probably pick up a lot more and it's more engaging. But so many Olympic sports are something that I find intriguing mm-hmm. because I only see it once every four years. So... And people always say, and I guess I, I kind of used to be like this, oh, the track and field stuff is, is is fun. But the more I think about it, the more it's like, well, you're seeing people running and jumping. And sure, they're running fast and they're jumping fast, but it's not much more complex than that. And uh, I, I'm just not... Well, you got golf this year. You can watch golf. Olympic golf, doesn't that sound like sound exciting? It sounds about as exciting as regular golf. Which some people love. Heather drank a, a stout that she shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. At least I'm pretty sure it was a media sample. A stone Russian Imperial stout. Maybe it was one that you picked up or, or something. Because she had a, cho- a stone chocolate stout in there. And she had some Lagunitas Cappuccino stout. And she, that's what she thought she had grabbed. Uh-huh. And she drank it and she realized it didn't taste right. But she still didn't go back and look at the bottle to realize it wasn't the Lagunitas and um, not a big deal. Time to segment. I, I like your tweet, yeah. though. It's like, <laughs> actions have consequences. She yeah. needs to sit in on the show now. <laughs> I didn't tell her you said that, um, but I like that tweet. <laughs> so it's not like she drank a whale or anything. Right, yeah. But it's like, come on, hon. That was not your beer. <laughs> we, we, we're very careful not to drink your beer. Like... That's, a, that's an edict. <laughs> we don't even, like, even when you have, like, 20 of them, we don't drink them. 
Um, what else? We we could talk. I guess we could talk about this here. I don't want to talk with on the show, but the um, the what was it? Beer connoisseur, watermelon dorado oh. review. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, let's talk about it now. I don't really don't want to call them out on the mm-hmm. show. I mean, I don't think there's a good point in it. Uh, so they review beers on Beer Connoisseur magazine, mm-hmm. and their ranking system is from a hundred zero to a hundred. Yes, but the first seventy points don't count. <laughs> the lowest beer we could find was a, a, a beer score seventy, and it was a, a like a throw like a drain pour. Yeah. So, but then there was also they they had a, a threshold guide, right? Do you, do you yeah. have that handy? Yeah. Um, Hundred to ninety six is world class. You need this beer in your life. Ninety five to ninety one is exceptional. Don't hesitate. Ninety to eighty six, very good. A brew to savor. Eighty five to seventy five. So now we're in a ten uh, point range. Average, somewhat unimpressive. Seventy four and below. Not recommended, just walk away. Okay. But if your score point starts at 70 and ends at 100, you're just gifting 70 for for having a label, uh, then it's just there. Um, like I said, I said that's a fine spread. This is my exact quote. It's a fine spread if you actually use all 100 points in your variance, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You're using 30 points in your variance. Uh, so they're just superfluous. So uh, yeah, I so said the seventy points you're tacking on are super- superfluous at best and pandering at worst. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. So yeah, I don't, I don't like that system. I'm guessing you know wine connoisseur and those other yeah high end review things. Probably wine, particularly, probably has a very similar thing where they do the pandering pad. Whose line is it anyway? The first 70 points. <laughs> yes. They don't count. They just don't count. So, yeah, so so to me, it, it's... Sometimes I, I get British, like, quote-unquote game shows, quiz shows they sort of do, and they give one point, two points. Whereas you look at something like At Midnight, it's 100 points. 250 points. Mm-hmm. There's, I guess, a tendency to inflate just to inflate because uh, it seems more impressive. Well, remember um, on MTV Remote Control, right? They only gave out a handful of 1.2 right. points. And other, you almost have to keep up with the Joneses, right? Because when Monopoly or when Jeopardy's giving, you know, up to a thousand dollars a question, you know, and Remote Control's giving out three points. You know, or one point of question. Yeah. It makes your program seem less. I mean, even even right now, me thinking about it and knowing that it's just pandering to my bias. Yeah. I still under like, I still feel that such a strong bias. It, it, it feels, I mean, it definitely feels naturally bigger to give a hundred points instead of one point. <laughs> um... But, but no, but there's this whole like, I don't know. For me, there's this like the, the show. Like, like yeah. I, I get it. Like, it doesn't matter. One point is fine. And yeah. like, uh, I don't know. But you just you know, it's been so long. It seems it seems 
antiquated for a show to give out one point at a time. Is that on your Switch? This is another card. It's only a one gigabyte card. Oh, okay. Sorry. It seems antiquated, and it seems like shows that giving out one points, instead of them shows feeling like they're keeping it real, Mm -hmm. it seems like they're not keeping up. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's comes into play in this thing, but I still would like to see some actual actual validity to their system so it's not just you start at 70. Because, yeah, that, that's the thing that I guess that bugs me more, is that, like, it, maybe if they went from, if they really, if the variants went, like, from 100 to 90 to 100 was world class, and then uh, 80 to 90 was... Don't hesitate. And then the very good could be, you know, uh, 70 or, or even like 65 to 80. So you have mm-hmm. m- more leeway. Yeah. And then you can, it makes more sense. And there definitely should be some 30s and 40s. Yeah, absolutely. So they drink the beers blind, right? So he didn't know he was drinking watermelon Dorado. Right. He was super kind to it, even so. Oh, my God. Unless we happen to have, like, the only Jolly Rancher. We have so many listeners. Groucho from the Beer Report mm-hmm. said he had drained poor six-pack of it. You yeah. know, I mean, our listeners agree with our <laughs> evaluation of Dorado, Watermelon Dorado. Maybe he had the most exceptional bottle ever. Because he, he wrote it, this guy wrote it rated 94. 94. Didn't really call out watermelon all that much. No, yeah. he didn't know what was in there. But, I mean, how do you miss it? I don't know. I guess I would have to be in that situation. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, that, that was just... It was It was very interesting to see that. Uh, I get the emails from Beer Connoisseur that gives me the ratings. And I kind of look at them, but I'm always just like a little... I look at them because they, it always seems like they overinflate. Mm-hmm. So, you need to write a filter for it that takes seventy <laughs> and stretches that down to zero. <laughs> you know, so you, and then you know, yeah. Then you can see bigger gaps between because right now, like a two point spread is a pretty significant yeah spread in quality beers. And for to me, a two point spread is feels like nothing. You know, I mean, to most people. So I think yeah. that makes it really hard to kind of. To stratify how good the beer is when the spreads are so small. I mean, I've said it before. I like Fahrenheit as a scale better than Celsius because there's more degradation. Because there is more ability to chop up the pieces of temperature. And you get a better idea for how much things are changing. I know. Everyone loves things that are divisible by 10 and 100. (laughs) Uh, Not everyone. You're in the right country, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's drink some beers and some alcoholic soda water. All right. That's going to be fun.